back to Predator Minute. It is the podcast where we watch one minute of Predator at a time and then discuss it. We are on Minute 38. It is Wednesday, mm-hmm. and I am Cliff at PredatorMinute.com. And I'm Aaron, also at PredatorMinute.com. And all this week, we have joining us Lieutenant Colonel Dave Owen of the U.S. Army. Yes. I never mentioned Hello, that everybody. I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. I, people might have thought you were in the Marines or something. No, or the Air Force, or the or the Space Force. Space Force. <laughs> you're 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 you're, just, you're kind of insulting me here. I'm I'm happy with Army. <laughs> Marine Corps. I like the Marines. Marines do great work. If you want to call me a Marine Corps Colonel, not accurate, but I'm flattered. Oh, right. You want to call me in the Air Force? That's just dirty, man. That's just dirty. <laughs> and by so, the way, I apologize to all the listeners who are in the Air Force, but uh, seriously, man, you all know. <laughs> They have great breakfast. This is why I didn't give Dave's email address out. (laughs) We'll just block any of them that come from USAAF or whatever would be. uh, Yes, yes. All .govs really are just blocked right out. Uh, So this minute begins with Blaine discussing that if you were to lose it here, that you would be in a world of hurt. Mm -hmm. And it ends with Billy just being angry at a vine. Yeah, and he looks looks a bit concerned as well. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Something's... Tweaking his sort of spidey him. senses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he, has, he has magical senses. Yeah. And he keeps rubbing that uh, that tooth thing that might be an alien tooth or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's in well, the next minute when we yeah. finally see that. Because I have I have a little issue with that. Oh, uh, yeah. It's next yeah. minute? Got, yeah. did, I, did I really preempt it by one? I'm sorry. So yeah. anyone that literally is watching this minute by minute with us is like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Who's got what? I'm sure Dave over I'm sure there's somebody doing that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've they got had it. a full tactical plan before coming into <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. So. Oh, <laughs> can you walk us through the minute? Aaron? Okay, yeah. So, yeah, like, like as Cliff uh, started off, um, if you lose it here, you're in a world of hurt, as as spoken by Blaine. And then something interesting happens. Uh, so, Anna is just sort of dragging her feet along. She's kind of looking like she's uh, tired. Then she fake falls. So Dylan goes down to pick her up, and she uh, throws. I guess Dylan says, uh, "Stop sandbagging." I it. love that expression. Yeah. I say that to my dog all. The time. <laughs> Stop. What does this mean? Stop sandbagging it. Like intentionally making yourself like a sandbag, like okay. being heavy. Uh, you'd hear it a lot when you're, if you play sports, they might have said it in the military too. Uh, it is a common military phrase. Yeah. Yeah. It's just basically saying like you're intentionally slowing down. You're intentionally. Oh, not working as hard as you could. Imagine, you know, like being like a sandbag, right? I, I just thought, being a lump. I thought this was like a theater term and like sandbagging someone was dropping one of the <laughs> sandbag weights on top of someone to just end their performance. It's a 1920s murder mystery theater term. <laughs> Very specific yeah, use. Yeah. Uh, see, I don't know where, I didn't look up the etymology or at least the origins of the phrase. You're sandbagging a doctor of journalism. <laughs> I actually yes. hear it more in, in sports contexts yeah. than I do in a military context. Okay. Yeah. The idea being that he's saying, like, you know, quit making yourself slower than you actually right. are. I just love it. I And dogs are – anyone that has a dog and takes for a walk, you know when they do this. Like, they really oh, yeah. Start, they, get that, they get that pathetic look like, oh, you're yeah, abusing me. They start me. digging their feet <laughs> in, like, and I'm always like, quit sandbagging it. <laughs> okay, so – so, anyways, she she fake falls, throws leaves in Dylan's face, and Which gets is, up to he's run such away. A great military. Kids, apparently, he used to be in the army before he joined the CIA. And I'm like, really? Yeah. That worked? Just throwing some leaves in his face? Like, oh. 
So then, <laughs> that's my impression. The thing is, he gets he gets a leaf thrown in his face, and then he like dances in the background back and forth for like seven or eight seconds. There was like, like eight scorpions <laughs> in that pile. Fortunately, Poncho is there to save the day. Mm-hmm. He he says something in Spanish to her. Uh, he says in Spanish, "Don't try it." Oh, or I should say the translation would be like, "Don't try it." Okay, and then uh, and then Dylan trying to save face like begs her to. Please try that again, please. Yeah. But, okay, so he says it in Spanish. Don't try it. Yeah, but the yeah, map says, that they you know zoomed in on the, in the in the beginning was a map of Brazil. Yeah, but that was. But Brazil speaks Portuguese, right? right and right. that map of Brazil was supposed to Arbitrary. be yeah. The, it's supposed the, to be oh, okay. it's supposed to be Central America, but they yeah. they chose something with like nasty terrain and and a park and and because finding maps is challenging. I think Apparently. anything, if you did a shot of a Central American map, if there was probably too much that gave it away. They needed something that had like a massive amount of forest. Yeah. And so they picked this national forest in Brazil for the map overlay, kind of in the sense of like an old. Because they the didn't want to pick type. a specific location. They yeah, wanted right. to just yeah. yeah. pick a you don't want it, you want you don't you don't want the movie to be an indictment on like a country that may or may not be your uh yeah. uh, ally and in the next in like the, five years. In the mid eighties, Central America was a bit of a mess. Costa Rica yeah. hadn't had its you know, sort of I was about to say coming out party, but it's sort of turned towards <laughs> being like this really stable country. Yeah. And the rest of them were a nightmare. So we've routinely thrown other nations underneath the bus yeah. of uh, Hollywood in various movies yeah. or in various video games. But not a movie involving several future or two future governors and yeah. potential future uh, senators and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> OK, here, here is a trivia question for, for both of you. Yeah. Okay. Are there any governors that have pro wrestling backgrounds that are not featured in this movie? Oh yes, oh I think so. Chris Christie? <laughs> <laughs> he's one of those mask guys, you know. You never parts unknown. He's like a jobber. He just looks like a guy who would get beat up by you know Greg the Hitman Hart or something. He would come out for a title belt. Yeah, it would just be some. He would just wear speedos and just get thrown around for twenty oh. minutes. Yeah. Well played, well played. Oh. Uh, no, Sorry I, don't, about that, I can't Chris think Christie. of any. Uh, I'm trying to go through. Next time I, come I was about to say, was <laughs> actually, it's meant, I mentioned Greg Hart, but then I think he's Canadian, so I don't think it's Bret, <laughs> Bret Hart's Canadian. Yeah. And it's Greg Valentine that I'm thinking of. Anyway, anyway uh, go ahead. Are there others? I have no idea. Uh, I uh, I knew. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> And here's the point when every person here st- pauses your podcast to look at pro wrestler governors. And, and then they start the emailing us yeah. at PredatorMinute.com. PredatorMinute.com. Yeah, I don't have – I should need to set it up so that basically anything you type into PredatorMinute.com will work a wild card. I haven't done that. But, yeah, you know, what it is, Dave, is there's someone who already knows this. You know what I mean? There's always someone who knows that exact trivia point. Like, yes. How could you not remember? Yeah. And he's shouting at his computer right <laughs> yeah. now. There was a Louisiana governor in 1920 who had a brief but <laughs> illustrious They're listening to this as they're not shouting at their talk radio. So. Yeah. They've got six oh. things going at once. <laughs> um, Good times. Yeah, the other thing that I liked in here is that Poncho's sort of smirky reference to uh, Dylan as Agent Man. Ah, Agent Man. I forgot about Agent Man. But yeah, yeah so so this was this was a question I wanted to bring up. Oh yeah. Um, like, 
how does the military work with the CIA in this capacity? Does this actually ever happen? Or, I mean, I guess, are you allowed to talk about that or, you know? Okay, having worked in in theaters where we had both a CIA presence and a military presence, such as Iraq and such as Afghanistan, mm -hmm. um, in general, the operations are kept separate. Okay. The military does military operations. CIA does their operations. There's usually some type of deconfliction to make sure that you're not stepping on each other's toes. But both sides prefer to basically keep to their own thing. Um, the CIA is relatively paranoid about their agents being targeted. Mm -hmm. So they want to make sure that they, they, they follow a strict need to know. And they're not going to find the details of what you're doing unless you absolutely need to. But when you're in a, a military theater like in Iraq or in Afghanistan, you, you, you need to share some of those details in order to make sure that you're not going to accidentally bump into a military unit when that's just you're, you're going to have casualties on the friendly side from friendlies. It's, it's, it's no good. Right. Now, with that being said, on rare occasions, the CIA would ask for help. They'd realize something was beyond their capacities, and it was easily within military capacities. Mm -hmm. um, they need to have military firepower, military equipment, military manpower in order to accomplish one of their own objectives. And when that happened, they'd bring up that specific scenario in order to conduct more or less a joint operation. But those were very carefully planned and very carefully moved forward. It wasn't this ad hoc hand wave, I'm bullshitting you, and I'm not telling you what's really going on. Don't get me wrong. The CIA will do that, mm -hmm. but not when you're part of the operation. They'll do that just so you don't mess with them while they're going about and doing their own business because you don't right. have a need to know. They follow a strict need to know. Now, it seems that Dylan is kind of, I don't know, inept compared to the rest of the crew. Um, would the CIA, if they, if they planted somebody in with a, a, a military regulars or special forces, I assume they're going to select somebody that was hired out of of like a special forces group that would be comfortable working in such an environment, or would they just send somebody that's just, you know, like a pencil pusher, pusher like uh, uh, Dylan? Well, Dylan was. I mean, he, he used was, to work with them. He was, yeah, but I mean, they, they he kind of compared to the rest of them. He kind of seems. Uh, yeah, he doesn't seem quite He's just as, rusty. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Well, well, first of all, this situation would never arise because it would be more well planned out. But okay, uh, but yeah. also the CIA does that they, they they have several distinct classes of people that work there. They have their intelligence analysts. They have their their handlers that specialize in trying to gather information from from sources. And they also have have people that do this type of thing. And they'd pick from one of those people who may or may not have a military background, but okay. he would be a professional, and this would be professionally done. Um, this this movie th does not come across as professionally done at any point. Um, you, you have right. freaking Dutch, who's supposed to be the, the major who's in charge, who is the commander, and he doesn't even know what's going on at the point where we're in the middle where they're like, we need to extract, and he has no idea what's going on. He turns to one of his guys, so what's the best way out of here? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he should know that off the top of his head. No right. one should know the mission better than him. Right. Um, don't get me wrong. Everybody on that team should know the mission. So in case he went down, anybody would be able to fill in and help lead it forward towards completion. But he acted clueless in a way that he should never, ever have been clueless. He's like, yeah, I attended those mission briefs and fuck, I was drunk. I, I just don't know. What, what are we doing now? <laughs> I had well, too much smoke in my eyes it, and the cigar. It, yeah. So the 
Well, you you were just saying you were watching it uh, through recently, but I think that the way they're trying to explain some of these discrepancies, that this was all very last minute, that you know the CIA realized there was about to be this incursion. Their previous attempts to gather information had gone south. Right. Because unbeknownst to them, there's a space alien killing people. Right. And so they were like, hey, there's this badass search and rescue team. Let's just stick them in there and just have them wipe out these gorillas. And so it seems like they get their orders almost more or less, you know, at the moment and then take off. And again, this is the late 80s, so maybe things are more well run now. And maybe back then everyone was all hopped up on goofballs. This brings me me to another kind of, I don't know, a sticking point with me. Like, so have you, Dave, have you worked with... Uh, rescue teams, people that just specialize in in rescuing, like say uh, uh, pilots <laughs> uh, from from down helicopters, things like that. Rarely, but yes. So, I mean, is this the type of gear you would expect in a rescue team, or is this the type of skill set you would expect? No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Firmly <laughs> established. Yeah. Are you, like, yeah. Cross yeah. <laughs> I mean, those, well, yeah. those rescue teams are. Um, they're fantastic individuals and they're very professional and they live for that one mission and they go in, they accomplish their mission and, and they move on and get out quickly. Right. It, I mean, it, this would be a 15 minute movie if that was the case, because that's what they very do. Boring. They, they, um, <laughs> they, the, the movie's clearly portraying more of a special forces team, a special yeah. operations team. And that's what they're showing. So yeah, that part doesn't really make that much sense. They don't do this type of work. Yeah. <laughs> well, one other thing that I don't know if it's realistic or not but that we are getting a chuckle out of earlier is the ranks we've got a major max a sergeant and i don't know if they say anyone else's rank but he definitely treats mac as the ranking nco and i i don't know there's got to be another officer in there uh i would guess hawkins would be a lieutenant or something not necessarily not necessarily um, I mean, if you're talking about a, a standard military unit, you're correct. You would have a major, and he wouldn't be a freaking squad leader. He'd be <laughs> the battalion XO or the battalion S3. And then you'd have company commanders who are captains. You'd have lieutenants who'd be the platoon leaders. You'd have sergeants, um, typically staff sergeants as squad leaders, and et cetera. Um, but in the special forces community, um, they, they, they uprank quite a bit because it, it requires such a amazingly high skill set. Right. You're not going to have some kid who's been in a couple years be able to slot into any of these positions. So you will see on occasion majors acting as team leaders for a small like six person team that has some very highly skilled individuals on it um, by sergeant. You, you might even have sergeant majors on that team, but he might wow. be the only yeah. officer. Okay. So, so, so that is not that unusual. It would be unusual for him to say sergeant when the individual was a sergeant major. That that would be strange, right? Um, you typically add, uh, at, you you'd be more direct. If it was the Marine Corps, you, you definitely would be more direct. They're paranoid about calling people by the exact rank, but even in the army where you have more latitude, um, if they're yeah. or higher, which he probably would be in a special forces unit for that type of role, working as the senior NCO to a major, um, you would not address them as sergeant unless you're trying to belittle them. Or his name, his full name, his full name is Sergeant Mack. 
but that, that, that actually does happen. Yeah, I'm sure. You and I have talked a little bit before about some of the funny names that come up. But have you had somewhere it's like a guy's last name is Colonel or something like that? Yeah, I, I, was, I was in a unit where the, uh, where the orderly room clerk for the sergeant major, his last name was Major. And at first it was <laughs> Private Major. And then he was Specialist Major. And then he finally picked, on, picked up E5. So he was Sergeant Major. And he'd answer the phone for the Sergeant Major. And to be honest, I, I'm pretty sure both the, uh, I was a captain at the time. I'm pretty sure both the Colonel and the Sergeant Major kept him in that job just for the laughs. Because oh, yeah. he'd answer the phone and he'd be like, Sergeant Major speaking. And he'd have people assuming that he was the Battalion Sergeant Major. And then they'd always have to hear this awkward conversation though last minute or two no 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 i'm not that sergeant major i'm a sergeant major no no not a sergeant major like that i'm i'm a sergeant who's oh gosh darn this isn't going well because he's always talking to someone who outranks him but who thinks that his rank is significantly higher with decades more experience so, so yeah there, it does happen there was a lot of boredom in the military wasn't there well dave also if i'm remembering the rank correct didn't you also know of a major or a captain k-u-n-t-z <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, when I met him, he was a uh, major cunt, and I feel bad because when I met him, he was a friendly guy. And the first time I met him, I looked at his name camp, I looked at him, and I, I said, man, I bet your name was funnier when you were Captain Cunts. And at that moment in my life, he ceased to be my friend. Um, oh, man. Well, he, he, he apparently his had heard that, that, that joke before, and he did not appreciate that joke. It's he seemed to be a prophecy. great guy. Well, maybe he'll listen to the Predator Minute. And, oh, yeah. now that we've brought back his worst memory. And then, find, then, and then realize, oh, that was kind of funny. Yeah, I, I was being a bit of a... Oh, wait, I see what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Good man. time. So anyways, if there is uh, so if uh, probably <laughs> Colonel or General uh, Kuntz or Kuntz is listening, I apologize. I was young and immature at the time and I went for the cheap laugh, which, by the way, I'd laughed myself and then I regretted it later. So yeah. <laughs> sorry about that. I did not mean to ruin your day, which I definitely did. But he's also retired, so there's nothing you can do about it. Ah, well, hopefully he's collecting a nice pension and living life large. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some foreign country where the joke doesn't make sense. So <laughs> so moving along here mm-hmm. to the very last part of this. So mm-hmm. uh, we have Billy angrily tugging at a vine and looking very concerned, giving us the spooky Billy look. Yeah. Um, he seems very perturbed, though. Like, uh, what, what does the vine catch onto uh is it's like it, it catches onto his like barrel or something and he's like yeah. very, yeah, very it's one of those pissed. things you only really notice mid to minute but he just seems like genuinely perturbed about the fact that there are vines in this jungle well you know he's probably pissed off because he's an actor and he's having to go through this shit over and over and over again they probably made him do uh like just because they were bored <laughs> shane probably, black was bored shane black was bored so they probably made billy do like 50 takes of this one yeah. scene okay oh, go back well, over <laughs> or it seemed like the director or the writer. To be honest, they probably marched them in circles throughout that freaking patch of jungle for like three hours and just picked the best bits and tossed it onto the movie. That's, and so he's actually so been true. in the woods for a while and he's pissed at the world right now. He's like, man, I just want a beer. So behind the yeah. scenes, you're 100% correct. They did do that. Almost anyone that worked on this film said it was complete hell. Yes. People were losing crazy amounts of weight and they were... Like Schwarzenegger was on uh, an IV for a bit, mm-hmm. uh, getting really, really sick, and lost uh, a lot of weight. And you can tell, you can see them get skinnier, and skinnier. Which, 
actually does add to the realism of the film because they didn't bring any food with them. <laughs> except, the, except the film's over like the course of what? Like a, a two-day span. It's, it's yeah. not like you have that much time to lose weight. Yeah. You can fast for two days. You're not going to drop 20 pounds. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know the amount of water weight right? they're carrying. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> Guy's that big and swollen up. But for any, you know, you know, wrestlers or boxers, anyone needs cut weight, hey, you know, go fight a uh, space beast. In an equatorial jungle. Yeah. Dysentery also helps loads. Man, if you get dysentery, you will lose lots of weight. Look at all these tips <laughs> you you're getting from Predator loads. Minute. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> Fasting tips. Uh, dysentery uh, tips. Yeah. yeah. Late yeah. Weight loss. You know, this is uh, yeah. great. This is great, and you probably if you if you probably if you if you drank a lot the night before and you sweat it out, I mean you'll probably sweat that out by like seven in the morning. Yeah, well, if you have your own pet tapeworms, yeah. they'll, they'll probably also consume tons. Oh yeah, parasites. Now I, I imagine there's got to be a lot of parasites when soldiers come back from theaters like this. Um, there, there's a reason why we bring our own water in, and we usually don't rely on the local water unless we have to. And when we do have to rely on local water, we treat the heck out of it first, yeah. so that it's safe. Because parasites is a massive risk. Or sometimes, if you, you sent bond. any a, a oh, unit yeah. of any size into the jungle and they had to rely on local water, you would probably lose a third of them to something like oh. dysentery. Carl it von be... Clausewitz, it's right there and on war. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there you go. Man, you're more well-read than I thought. Gosh darn, I thought I was the only one who read that book. <laughs> I read it cover to you're cover, only, man. It's two of you who have read that book. I mean, book. I read that book because I was forced to read that book. Why the heck did you read that book? Uh, because, well, my father-in-law was supposed to have read it, but he was Navy, and it, it, and it gets to like one-third of the way through, and there's a little note in there. If you read on, you should be sailing. <laughs> so I guess that's where he stopped. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah, I just kept reading. It was fascinating to me. Like, just this guy had like all the military insight from back in, in those times when you know armies used to just line up uh, and shoot at each other. It was still like very similar to how it is now. We just have more technology, but the tactics or strategies are kind of the same. It's uh, it's kind of fascinating. Yeah, yeah you pretty much have to evolve outside of the the tactical level because tactics have changed immeasurably. But yes, there are some parallels you can draw at a. Yeah. More, more at a national level. Yeah, and yeah. Clausewitz is one half of the Yop Gok, ah. the perfect strategy. Ooh, That's... attack your enemy before they know you are their enemy. Right. The, that, that's the, also called the, mugging people the best defense is an offense and the best offense is a surprise attack therefore the best <laughs> yes. defense is to it's attack a, your enemy before they're aware of your very existence yep got yeah <laughs> the welsh art of <laughs> welsh martial art yeah yeah the uh this is for the monty python minute i guess we'll say that <laughs> a minute based on a poster well it's also, i'm pretty uh, sure that that whole poster is is just a blatant stab from the british uh monty python section towards the uh the welsh that they they didn't really like they, they viewed them mostly as criminals sort of like we might have prejudices against certain groups within the states they viewed the welsh as more criminally oriented yeah. Similar to how the Brits also viewed Australia as a whole. Oh my, you were you were stationed over there, right? Yeah, I was yeah. over there for a few years. Yeah. Great time. Yeah, man. Okay, yeah. So you know the local hub up there. <laughs> <laughs> Down the beer in the pub. All right. Well, not uh, the area that Dave was in, having visited. It was a. Uh, wasn't exactly a down the beer in the pub deal with the local criminals. Type of town. <laughs> yeah, those are the, best. <laughs> the town that I was in. Um, the year I moved in, they had one single violent crime. The and year, that then, was when you moved in. 
<laughs> and threw the guy out of his apartment through the window. This guy was me, I swear. Yes, he does not work in here. <laughs> but, the, but the next year, there were two violent crimes. And so my wife would call up her family. She's like, yeah, the violent crime rate doubled in our town. And I'm like, seriously, we're, we're probably in the safest town in the world. This place is tremendous. And yeah. <laughs> it was probably just a little bar scuffle i don't know well it's funny uh, i think you know being a grown man and uh hopefully at least nominally intelligent i try not to get into fights i think the last time i got into like a fist fight was actually in this town <laughs> <laughs> some guys are speaking to me in a foreign language and i just kept like nodding and saying thank you but i guess it was like what i was doing was like the exact worst response like i think i they afterwards when it sort of got broken down they were like hey are you looking at my girl and i just was nodding and being like yes yes thank you (laughs) (laughs) and so they came after me and luckily there was a scotsman in our group so he just started punching as a first resort (laughs) that's right further north you go (laughs) we've insulted the welsh and the scottish so yes cliff is the reason the crime rate doubled in my town (laughs) the violent crime rate so now everyone knows yeah there you go well, if you don't want violent crime to double in your town, no. don't sandbag it. I'm bringing all the segues in this yes, one. Yes, do it, do it. Come back tomorrow and get some more life-saving weight loss and beauty care tips. Yes. On Thursday on the Predator Minute. Until then. <laughs>